Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, before we get the show started, I wanted to let you know we are giving away a bunch of brand new black magic gear. Yeah, cameras, switchers, DaVinci Resolve licenses, a bunch of awesome stuff. So stay tuned to learn how you can enter to win free gear from Black Magic. And we're going to tell you all about it later on in this episode. Now cue the music. Hey guys, welcome to the 78th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, storytelling, and directing. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlow. Today we've got Jordan Morris joining us on the podcast. He's a comedy professional. He's written for At Midnight and a ton of other stuff you've seen before. He's in front of and behind the camera all the time. And he worked with Oren on a recent campaign. He lived to tell a tale. So if you are curious about what a successful career in comedy, when you're not just a stand-up, looks like, Jordan's your man. And a quick side note, he's also a pioneer in podcasting. He's had his podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, for 11 years, 500 episodes. You will notice that he's really good at talking into the microphone, potentially better than Matt and myself. Yeah, no doubt. Before we get to Jordan, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. We've got a handful of cool things to talk about. Instagram, we are on Instagram now, following y'all keeping tabs on what's going on. It's pretty fun. We'll have pictures of our guests. We, we took one today. It's going to be awesome. So if you want to kind of figure out another way to interact with the show, be reminded of when episodes come out. Instagram is uh, where it's happening. So it should be fun. We also started a Reddit community. We're trying to really just amp up the ways in which this growing community can kind of interact with each other. You guys have different projects and different ideas and different articles. And so just to create a little bit more of a conversation, we thought, well, uh, a subreddit seems like a good way for people to cross-pollinate and get to know each other a little bit more. So Oren and I are not the biggest Redditors, but we will keep tabs on things and we'd love it for you guys to hop in and start submitting things, sharing what you guys are doing, what you're working on. You know, when we asked for all of those emails for um, for Jacob, we Oren and I were both really blown away by how awesome everybody is. And it was just a great reminder that like, it's a cool community. And so we're trying to build different ways for you all to interact with one another. Yeah, so. we always talk about on the show, aside from just shooting it, you have to network with people and this hopefully is a, is an opportunity for all of us to talk to each other and get more work just together. share it just share it yeah just engage so um uh, to that end guys if you have other ideas like if reddit is old-fashioned and we're stupid and don't even know it uh drop us a line in the subject line leave uh, suggestions an email 
justshootitpod at gmail.com and we'll uh, we'll give it a listen. Yeah, we've got three new iTunes reviews since we last read them. So thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. The, like I said, the community is growing, so we appreciate it. So we've got one from Dan McBride Films. Dan writes, I binge listened to every episode in a short amount of time. Again, yikes. Thanks, Dan. I don't know why you, you don't have to do it that way. It's, it's a lot of us. I don't think our wives understand why you would ever do that. Um, these guys talk about the industry in a realistic way, but don't make you feel like it's an impossible goal to be a working director. Hey, that's the goal. Thanks, man. Their insight is invaluable. I even reached out to them with advice and received a very long and detailed critique of my reel and couldn't be more grateful that they took the time to respond. I've suggested this to all my fellow filmmaking friends, and that extends to anyone reading this review. Listen, and you will get better at what you do. Hey, thanks, Dan. And thanks, Oren. You like you were pretty thoughtful on that review. I love getting good notes, thoughtful notes that are like actionable. And so I try to do the same. If somebody sends me something and asks for notes, I try to be specific. So I'm going to guarantee that if you email Oren with your notes, you need notes on a feature, on the TV <laughs> series. Don't just stop at the, the Bible. Yeah, your web show. <laughs> just that like your vlog. Anything north of 100 pages, Oren will really dig in deep. Yeah, no. Uh, I'll give notes on anything under three minutes. <laughs> but <laughs> the note might be that I only made it to 30 seconds. Ooh, all right. Well, uh, that'd be an important note. Mike Fife. Yeah, Mike, Mike Fife writes... I've been directing for a few years now in a small town, in a small market, and this is an amazing resource for someone in my shoes. Matt and Oren speaking open and honestly about things in the industry that are extremely difficult to find elsewhere. The combination uh, of their work, along with the guests they bring on, provides a wealth of information for new or veteran directors. Not only does it benefit me professionally, but hearing the day-to-day struggles, creative clients, work-life balance are all things that reassure you that it's not just you. I found this podcast about six months ago and have been on a binge catching up. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, Mike. You know, it's funny. I don't think that we realized how the show would really connect with people outside of Hollywood in such a way. And it makes sense, obviously. Like, that's kind of the, that's our sweet spot. So we have one more review from 13 hours ago from Jesse Band-Aid. So I've always had a love for creating stories and listening to this podcast has helped me translate the writing onto a screen. Hey, way to go, Jesse. Cool. That was easy. Um, Well done. Yeah, well, thanks, guys, for uh, leaving reviews. Please do so more. Feel free to, like, put your website in there, and we will tell people to check it out. So we are here with Jordan Morris, a comedy writer. Hi, guys. It's me, Jordan Morris, a comedy writer. (laughs) Jordan, how does it feel to be on a podcast? This is the first time, right? Uh, It's, I mean, I will say this is probably, it's not quite the first time. (laughs) I would say this might be the... 2000th podcast I've been on. Are you serious? Do you get invited to be on a lot of... So I, I guess our podcast, uh, the podcast I co-host, Jordan Jesse Go, uh, we are this week taping our 500th episode. Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah, and I guess I... 500, man. Yeah. Congrats. Thank thank. It's been a wild ride. Sure. <laughs> How many years have you been recording? Um, a little, uh, 11 years. No way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, since we, podcast. Like since about. tape. You were recording yes. your first uh, one we, on tape. We would, the podcast started, we would mail casingles to people. Mm-hmm. It's just casingles of us chatting. Are you serious? No. Uh, oh. <laughs> so we, uh, uh, 11 years ago, and I, long enough. Uh, went to college together and we had a college radio show. On uh, KZSC 88.1 FM, the heavyweight nice. 88 in Santa Cruz. Sure, of course. Oh, wow. And uh, then we both kind of uh, graduated and moved out to L.A. And 
uh, my co-host says, hey, we should do our old college radio show in my living room, and we'll distribute it on the internet. That's called a podcast. And I said, sure. So uh, here we are, wow. 11 years and later. That and that was like before Serial? That, yeah, <laughs> yes, that's before Serial gave everyone the idea to have a podcast. Sure. Oh, so they did not invent podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have liked it if Serial would have thanked us somewhere right. <laughs> or given us some of that MailChimp money, but, oh yeah, uh, you know, ungr- you guys ungrateful done- <laughs> bastards. Have you guys done MailChimp? No, we don't. Even, we, no, we have not gotten that sweet MailChimp money. So Jordan and I just worked together twice yes. in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time was Jordan, basically we had all these Converse infomercials and Jordan came in and made them all funny. We had like scripts for everything. Is that something that you do a lot? Like you get punch up work? Yeah. So I, um, so uh, for until very recently, I was a staff writer on At Midnight on Comedy Central and uh, and did not do a lot of like extracurricular work just because it's a pretty demanding job. Sure. There's a lot of research involved. It's weekly. It's yeah. like pretty hardcore. Yeah. Uh, it was a, 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 a four days a week show. And it. Um, yeah. And so I didn't do a lot of, you know, freelance work or extracurricular work. Some. Uh, but I kind of like fell out of the circuit of that Mm -hmm. um but before at midnight i definitely had you know a year and a half two years where it was all freelance work so i definitely did a lot of like branded stuff a lot of internet stuff a lot of like uh, a lot of things like the converse ads yeah right yeah i think it's really interesting um because there's this whole kind of semi-invisible subculture of comedy writers who just kind of gig around in the same way that you know directors do you know where it's like you know, you do some stuff for Funny or Die, and then, you know, you are you hang out at UCB, and long enough, you kind of end up building out a network where you can kind of gig around and do these sort of jobs in between joking around on a podcast, Yeah, basically. there is a nice there is a nice little creative middle class in L.A., definitely. And I think that is a kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people that you mainly discover when you go to a wedding and have to talk to someone's aunt. <laughs> right, and right. They, when you tell them that you work in comedy or you're a writer, they assume sure. because they haven't heard of you, you're poor. Mm-hmm. Right. Or that you, you know, they're like, oh, so what What? What do you really do, they say. Right. So are you really a waiter? Like, they love right. that joke. Or oh, what do you want to do? Right, yeah, yeah. It's like, sure, exactly. But where do you bartend? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. So they assume because that they haven't heard of you or that you don't work for Saturday Night Live, everybody's go-to for comedy writing. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, no, it is, it is kind of an interesting phenomenon. So there are a lot of people who, you know, live and work and feed their pets, uh, kind of gig to gig like this. And so... You you went to Santa Cruz. You moved out here. Mm-hmm. When did you first kind of? What was that first job like for you? And how did you get it? Oh, so my first job job was I was a PA mm-hmm. on Living with Fran, uh, Fran Drescher's comeback sitcom mm-hmm. for uh, a little network called the WB. <laughs> okay, I was uh, gonna guess TV Land. Didn't she no, have like? A... I think she has had subsequent comeback yeah. sitcoms, but this was Can't like keep her down. The first one. TV this Land one. was happily divorced, right? Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I honestly I have not know, but... kept up with Fran Drescher's career. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Fair enough. I So I moved out here and started doing PA jobs. Sure, sure. Um, the first one being living with Fran. Uh, and then at night when I would get off, I would go and do improv and sketch and stuff like that at uh, UCB and, uh, you know, I.O. and, you know, uh, your... Uh, all, all of your improv the, theaters of note. All the did letters. you do Groundlings or no? I didn't, oh, you know, I have not done Groundlings, so I shouldn't have said all improv theaters of note. Second uh, City? 
No, not Second City either. <laughs> oh. oh, guys, I'm inflating my resume. <laughs> I guess it's just UCB and IO. Just a quick aside, why UCB and not Groundlings? Uh, well, I think when uh, I first moved out here, the UCB TV show on Comedy Central, I think, God, when did that air? It's like when I was in high school, it started yeah, airing. Yeah. yeah. Was, it, it probably had just come out on DVD. Yeah, yes. So yeah. I was just a huge dork for that. It was, you know, I was a kids in the hall guy and a monty python guy and like loved sketch and obviously ass like, pennies is my favorite sketch of all time oh ass pennies yes yeah. ass pennies is a classic uh get on youtube <laughs> uh, yeah now i think that people kind of forget about that ucb tv show it is only a deep comedy nerd thing but then it was um everybody was nuts about it so when i heard that they were opening a theater that is where i wanted to take classes so okay cool and so for our listeners that don't know there's i think of two prominent comedy schools yeah. in la that you've heard of UCB and Groundlings, and Groundlings was very big. A lot of people that are on, were on SNL and kind of the heyday, the Will Ferrells yes, and Kristen Molly Wiggs Shannon, yeah, and uh, Melissa McCarthy, yeah, they all went to study at Groundlings, and now something happened like ten years ago. I don't know, right when you came I mean, here. A- maybe Amy Poehler happened, basically. Oh yeah, Amy oh, sure, Poehler, yeah. but Amy Poehler and Tina Fey were like Second City people, right? Sure. Yeah, but then when one of them founds her own school in theater, like. You know, yeah. There's a little barrier of entry to Groundlings. It's a little more rigorous. The classes are more expensive than the UCB classes, and there's a lot more auditioning to get in, Mm -hmm. and there are fewer of them. So I think uh, UCB uh, has done a good job of creating a little social scene around the theater. There's so many classes and so many shows and so many levels, and they're easier to get into. Like they're not as strict about who can and can't take classes. Yeah, would you say, yeah, they're more accepting, and that in Groundlings, if you like, don't pass a class a couple times you're basically excommunicated from the yeah, school yeah i think that's what i've heard is groundlings has a little more yeah. quality control than ucb so <laughs> yeah that's a nice but one. maybe you're more <laughs> likely to see a good show there i yeah. don't know Who so knows? you know um but well and also i think there's like the like you were saying there's such a social community there's indie teams there's indie theaters yeah, so like yeah. so so i think ucb is as much a social scene as it is a comedy theater right and it's kind of a hangout spot and it's an identity it's like a you know being in a music scene or the punk scene sure. or something like that. Whereas Groundlings, I think, is a is one little theater that has a pretty rigorous audition process. Right. So. And do you think, totally random question, do you think you can hang out in that UCB social scene like in your 40s? Or do you think you kind of have to be in your uh, 20s? <laughs> some do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it is a it is a it was a great place to be in my 20s. I loved it. And I definitely like owe, owe a lot to it. But, uh, yeah, you know, maybe there's a point yeah. in your life where you stop doing improv shows at 11 o'clock on a Thursday. Sure. And there's a lot of drinking. drinking yeah. A lot of drinking. Sure. And yeah. drinking, uh, drinking warm PBRs in yeah. a weird rehearsal space. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I think, not, not not to name any names, but I think, you know, UCB has its Al Bundys who hang around <laughs> a little bit too long. It's Spicoli's. Right, right. right. Yeah, it is it is interesting how it's like kind of like a young person's sport a little bit. Totally. Like when you move to L.A., if you want to get into comedy, it's like a place also for writers and directors, obviously not just not just performers. Well, I think also like the audiences tend to be younger. You know, I think to Jordan's point about the uh, the community aspects of it, I'll tell people to go, you know, take classes just when they move to L.A. just to meet people. Totally. Just like oh, yeah. oh, L.A. is a hard place to like get to know people. If you mm-hmm. don't have that infrastructure, it's nice to run into your friends at the Herald night every night. How important so, do you think for like a writer or director that wants to work in comedy is it to take like an improv class at UCB or somewhere like that or Iowa West? Um, I would say it's a good, I mean, I think it's a good 
just general thing to recommend to somebody. Like if I didn't know someone and I just got the random question, how does how does one start a career doing comedy? I would put take an improv class on there, but uh, obviously not for everybody and that's not everybody's style. But yeah, I think if, if you're just brainstorming ideas on how to begin a show business career, take an improv class is a pretty, uh, pretty easy suggestion for yeah. sure. And you can also take uh, writing classes. All of, all of the major theaters will have that as well. Yeah, so if you're not sure. really into performing, like I took uh, improv 101 and then was like, I'm ra- I'd rather just do, you know, um, sketch writing. And so I took 101 and 102. And I think the other big advantage is like there is a little bit of jargon and like a philosophy that they teach. Sure. So it's like, you know, you can talk about game and heightening in a, in a meaningful way, but you don't have to like, you know, spend every Friday night you know, rehearsing and drinking. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I I think that, you know, I think that, um, you know, before you plunk down that between three and $600 on that level one improv class, uh, yeah, you don't just, don't just go to the one that you've heard of. Maybe just kind of spend a couple weeks seeing shows and who you think is funniest. Yeah. Like go to a bunch of shows, go to a bunch of different theaters, kind of experience the vibes and, you know, see what's available. Maybe don't just do, you know, Groundlings because it's famous or UCB Mm -hmm. because it's famous, like, you know, see shows and figure out what kind of speaks to you a little bit because there's a lot of great places. And uh, yeah, it's not not everything is perfect for everybody. Right. One of the when I first moved to L.A., like from a filmmaker's perspective, one of the things that I did is I met some people at UCB, Mike Bush and those guys had this show, The Midnight Show. Mm -hmm. And still they going. Were, they were just, yeah, it's still going. They were just starving for people that would like shoot and edit and make right. videos because yeah. they would do a show once a month mm-hmm. at midnight. And uh, they had a few different videos that they would play. And they would always get these kind of comedy celebrity guests. Like right. the one I did, like one with Dex Shepard. And for me, it was like, yeah, I'll pay for everything if Dex Shepard is going to be in this video. Sure. You know? Yeah. Good for your reel. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah. look, like Payman Benz did videos for Midnight Show. Peter Atencio got Key and Peel because of doing great videos for Midnight Show. Yeah. And definitely, like, that was a time when comedy videos were not Confederate money. Like, <laughs> right, there right. was a time when a comedy video with a celebrity and it sure. was a novel thing. But yeah. I still think you could go if you find. I mean, so many of the people that have been in the Midnight Show, like, have gone on to work. Oh, yeah. In... Uh, Heather Ann Campbell, very successful. Oh, yeah. She's on the new Who, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Sure, yeah. Uh, Hal Rudnick of the Screen Junkies, also a Midnight sure. Show person. Yeah, yeah. A lot of good people oh, in, yeah. that, in that group. Yeah, they are, they, are, they are funny folks. And so if you just come to L.A., if you have a camera, which pretty much everyone does, and yeah. you're willing to, like, shoot and direct and edit things for free and, yeah. in that community, I think it is, like, a great place where you are not alone and you're working with like people that really care to be good at comedy it's not like you're in a class that like people aren't really caring or helping yeah people are taking it pretty seriously like they Mm -hmm. really wanted a tv show like there was a reason that like they were pulling every favor they could to get Mm -hmm. you know a a dax shepherd video yeah and that dax shepherd video though we i got there i had like three hours to do it we basically wrote it when we got there Mm -hmm. based on who was able to show up to be in it and then we shot it and then you know i edited it that night and it it played at the theater like two days later so it's not like don't expect a giant like you know dollies and yeah here comes my whole team resources yeah i I do really miss that time actually it's funny I, i wonder you know we were making the joke about how uh basically comedy videos are worthless or really mm-hmm. common nowadays but like when was the last time you guys shared or even saw like a funnier die video 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think they 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 started at a really like they were that was so forward thinking of them mm-hmm. to start Funny or Die. Like, here are internet videos with celebrities that are about. You well, know. they made a video, right? The landlord, yeah, Pearl. Yeah. But but that was kind of like I think in in concert with them realizing like oh there, we should build a website where comedy videos can be consumed. Sure. Okay. Yeah, and I think that now that think, the, right? just the internet has changed a lot, and what people share on the internet has changed a lot. Now, like, can you imagine if someone shared a narrative sketch about like a restaurant with a funny waiter? Like that would be so insane, you know. Well, no, but like I could imagine someone sharing like a Portlandia, like a scene from Portlandia. No, that's true. You're right. You're right. That stuff stuff does go viral for sure, and it is. Yeah, but but I think your point is like it. You need to recognize it now. Like certainly, you'll see like a a funny sketch from Jimmy Kimmel, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I wonder if it's just that all of those people who are making those videos now have jobs doing it for them. I think those you know those I mean? videos still get made. I just think that they uh, have a harder time uh, have a harder time getting shared. Like I'd argue that it's not as stark as that. But now, if your video gets a million views, it's not the number one video on YouTube like sure. it was mm-hmm. ten years ago when right. a million view video was like in my mind a video yeah. was seen a million times. Everyone in the world has seen it. You know, right? Yeah, right. Totally. But yeah. now it's like, oh yeah, millions pretty yes, good. Million. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we did. It did okay. But there, I, I think there is definitely a place for comedy videos. And oh yeah, I guess uh, maybe the point I was getting at, I was trying to make, um, was that I feel like the things that get shared are like things that have to do with like current events or politics or some kind of larger mm-hmm. trend. Right. I guess I maybe I the things that I think don't get shared that much uh, that did in the past were just like here is a funny premise. Maybe it involves a celebrity, mm-hmm. uh, but now it's like, here's John Oliver taking down right. something he's taking down, or here's, uh, you know, Fergie talking about catcalling. You know, right, it right. is it is stuff that is pointed at something in the news cycle or, you know, kind of some sort of big issue, but just like, you know, farting in an elevator starring Clint Howard, oh, like sure. that <laughs> maybe would have been Funnier Die's top video for a month right. in 2005, but... Um, well, just to play devil's advocate please, here, absolutely. I think a lot of our listeners are people that are thinking of moving to L.A. or want to you know, mm-hmm. direct and make things and are trying to figure out their way in or make a career change. And I, I think, it, like, could it be that our bubble, the three of us, sure. who've been here for 15 years mm-hmm. or however long, like, we care more about the news cycle. <clears throat> like, we see a video on Huffington Post or the L.A. Times or New York Times, and that's what we're exposed to, whereas... Someone that is on Twitter or Snapchat or whatever is like still exposed, like Logan Paul, who makes these crazy right. oh, sure, comedy sure, videos or true. YouTube, like that there is still that place. Like you could still move to L.A. and be like 25 and right. find funny people at UCB and make a really funny sketch about, you know, manscaping or beer types sure. or whatever. And it might not get to the three of us through like right. how we consume social media, but it'll go viral in a certain group of people or, you know, if it's mm-hmm. video game related. Or Nowadays, you can be super specific, right? Sure. Like it can be a whole thing about Call of Duty or whatever. Right, yeah, it's speaking to a very specific demographic. And you, yeah, and you could still go and show it to someone at Funny or Die and say, mm-hmm. hey, look, this is yeah. produced really well. It's really funny. The performances are hilarious. It's got a ton of views. You might have never heard of it, but maybe you can give me a job. You sure. know, like Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not advocating don't make 
farting in an elevator. Sure. If you want to make, if and, you, and by I the way, farting guys, in an elevator is very funny. Send it to me too. Like <laughs> Please, that. yes, I think we all want to see it. Yes, no, no, and absolutely, farting in an elevator can lead to jobs. But I think that I'm just, I guess, I guess the 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 point I was trying to make was that like the 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 shareable video content is is very different these days. And I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely right that like Vine kids and Twitch kids sure. are doing something. You know, they're not talking about politics or right, taking right. down catcalling. But or they're also signing with CAA and totally. getting book deals and doing like, there is still like a way in through that, you know, that's as vibrant, even sure. more vibrant, totally. even like when we, you did farting in an elevator 10 years ago, CAA, someone at CAA would be like, this is hilarious, but it has nothing to do with what I'm doing right. Right, at right. work. And now it's like everything to do with what I'm doing. Sure. At work. I, I think there is also a shift in terms of like, uh, sketch groups or filmmakers mm-hmm. and, influencers right it's like logan paul farts in an elevator right you know what i mean uh different ball game different it's a different, different ball, ball game, game you yeah. know like and so yeah he's he's got his friends who are all like making videos with him but mm-hmm. no one ever thinks like oh that guy's a filmmaker mm-hmm. or like oh what if we hired him to do our branded commercial whereas if you got a vimeo staff pick and it only got 10,000 views, you could still be taken seriously somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? I think maybe it's just that the the yeah. nature has diverged. Of, For sure. And I, and I think that the, like, if you look at uh, the two stars of Broad City, like, they were making not that popular internet videos sure. that just got seen by the right people. Right. So, yeah, just something doesn't need a, just because something has a bazillion views doesn't mean it'll make your career. And just because something only has 3,000 views doesn't mean it can't help you. So Correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Okay. So... Don't make videos, apparently. No, no stop <laughs> making videos. I'm just videos. kidding. I'm just yeah. kidding. Uh, Hold on. No, I, I, oh, want, okay. I, want, I want your first writing job. Oh, my first, let's see. So you were PAing, so you were PAing gigging around, you're, and, you're doing sketch. And through a sketch show I was doing, I met someone who was a, who was a producer on a network that is not around anymore called Fuel TV. Oh, yeah. They needed someone to host, like, a field package who knew about video games. Nobody in the office knew about video games. Oh, I would say before it uh, before it imploded, Fuel TV was a place for it. Skateboarding, snowboarding, mm-hmm. right, like motocross, mountain energy drinking. drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, you know, guy stuff. <laughs> sure. Bibs, gear. <laughs> Cars. Yeah. Guy stuff. Um, and so they needed somebody who knew about video games to mm-hmm. host a field package. So I did kind of a goofy field package, and they liked it. And then kept bringing me back to do goofy field packages. And that time, that time I was a PA on Ellen. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Great. And, uh, yeah, so I would leave my job at Ellen, you know, go to Fuel TV once a week and do a sketch or a field piece or something like that. And then they eventually asked if I wanted to come on as a full-time, uh, not a writer, an associate segment producer mm-hmm. because it is not a WGA-affiliated network. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, and so that led to my first, like, 9 to 5 office. Right writing producing type job so, Wait, and that's yeah. that's writing producing and like hosting and yeah and also some on camera stuff yeah. too so Wait, how's ellen i've heard mixed, uh, mixed things. I, you know what <laughs> i i i admired getting to see a show that ran like clockwork mm-hmm. um but it is a high velocity environment with a lot of big personalities and it was pretty hectic when i was there who are uh, the big boy, personalities, is, in, like aside from Ellen? Like, are there uh, just producers? Just like, and, yeah, there's like there's a lot of like opinionated people in different departments, and there's a lot of there was a lot of like tension. Was, yeah, there was a lot of tension. Absolutely, when I was there, but also I I did meet a lot of great people, a lot of people who I 
uh, have worked with uh, since then, and there's a lot of great writers on that writing staff. Uh, but yeah, that job was hectic. Uh, so. I'm just going to say that that was maybe the best way of phrasing, like, oh, it, the job was good and bad. Yeah. You know, you're being diplomatic. There's a lot of good stuff and a bad sure. stuff. That's like uh, a skill worth acquiring, everyone. Right. Well yeah, done. Yeah. I applaud it. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, yeah. I, liked a lot of, uh, I liked a lot of it, but when you were getting $600 a week to show up sure. at 7 a.m. and oftentimes yep. leave at 9 p.m., uh, it was rough. Yeah. And then when you get a job making stupid jokes for Fuel TV, yes. you're like sold. Please. Yeah. All the dew I can drink? Yes. <laughs> when I bet the canary. And I was not making that much more at Fuel TV, <laughs> sure. I'll point out. Yeah. Again, uh, not a not a WGA-affiliated network, so right. they could... Uh, anyway. Yeah. I will say Jordan, from my limited experience with him, has something that I've seen a lot of other successful writers have, which are which is they're really good about talking about bad scripts and good scripts and, mean, you know, like in a way that is positive. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I think that outside of Hollywood, there's this attitude of like, well, nobody in Hollywood knows what they're doing and they don't know they're making crap. Sure. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, we know when it doesn't land. We all love movies and TV shows. And like you, we can be really proud when they're great. But like there's a lot of very good reasons why something doesn't work out in the end. And we know it. And totally. that's an interesting thing right. to have to come to terms to with. yeah we're fans of film and tv and video just as much as anyone else if not more so well yeah it actually reminds me so the other day you and i were standing in the kitchen at sawhorse yes. and you said something about like the current script we're working on not being that bad in comparison to some things that you've worked on in the past sure what is some crazy bad stuff that you had to work on like can you tell us kind of like some oh sure yeah let me think horror what's stories? a good Okay, so when you are working on branded material, there's just so many cooks. And obviously, like, any mainstream showbiz product will have a lot of cooks. So it's, you know, sure. something to something to get used to. Right, like, but, but branded, the priority isn't always be the funniest. Right, exactly. Right. So, that's the, yeah, that's funny the is, big difference, Yeah, right? funny is not, you know, you are not just looking to make the funniest video and put it up. There's so many other things to consider, the brand's message and the parent company's vibe and you know there's so and much age stuff. appropriateness of and course. demo well, and yeah. like yeah competitors. My, my experience with branded content is mm -hmm. it's like kind of the worst of all worlds because it's everyone when you get hired it's like we don't care about the product we just want to make this good funny viral exciting yes, we want people to love this video every meeting starts and then two days before the shoot they're like where is the product Sure. This isn't why we're selling sandwiches here. What is this? Yeah. We have no idea, no idea what this is about. You guys have to say Subway, make it fresh. Yeah, like yeah. I would never say Subway, make it fresh in my day-to-day <laughs> right. -day life, but we need you to say yeah. it and look at the, yeah. And then you're I like, know. what if we make it a joke and I'm sarcastic? And they're like, no, you have you to have say it That is the sincerely. campaign. And yeah. you have to yeah. say, you know, member FDIC and <laughs> valid, in, <laughs> valid in 49 states. Right. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, a lot of, most branded products I have, uh, projects I have worked on kind of start like that. Oren is that like the the coolest guy in the company sits down on a chair backwards, <laughs> right? You know, and he's like, "Hey, we just want to make some cool content," and then it goes through all of the rounds of approval, and then at the end, you're kind of just making a commercial. In a good scenario, you've been able to make it a little bit funnier, a little bit cooler, and maybe actually something people would want to watch. Um, but worst case scenario, you've just made another commercial for them. Right. Um, That's actually why I prefer commercials to branded content. Right. Because, there's not that veil of... Yeah. There's not the BS round of like, 
trying to figure out what this is. There's yeah. just a, hey, this is a Little Caesars commercial. Let's make a joke. Let's sure, explain show pizza. how pizza solves it. <laughs> yeah, and let's right, end. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll say I'll say a, a good one and then a bad one that I've worked on. So a good one, uh, I did a uh, was a part of a campaign for Funny or Die for the Gears of War video game, mm-hmm. and uh, or one of the Gears of War sequels, two or three, sure, sure, uh, or maybe it was Judgment. I don't know. <laughs> um, and oh, the kind of star you, of you this... kept up with Gears of War in a way that I have not. <laughs> I'm a big, yeah. uh, big Gears fan. I didn't yeah, uh, didn't make it over to the Xbox One. They but, got a uh, chainsaw and a gun in that game. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And these were kind of hosted by uh, now of Silicon Valley, Camille Nanjiani, when he was uh, not a TV star, but just a hot up and coming stand up comic. And the kind of the idea was that these are kind of Ken Burns style reports back from the front lines of Gears of War. Sure, I've oh, seen right. these. Yeah, these yeah. are great. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. It's it's commercially, they're talking about the product, but they're yeah. genuinely funny. Everybody yeah. in this is good. This is a good idea. Sometimes branded content works, like, and it's yeah. a simple idea. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and, um, it, it, and it's just like, dear Ma, you know, the gears of war have been grinding me down. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. But well it's done, not, well written, yeah. well acted. But like crossfades of like handwriting and like sepia tone sort of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. they like were 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 sure to like get the Ken Burns house mm-hmm. style down. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and then, they didn't make you list like works on these consoles and no, has yeah, these features and yeah, does I don't think anybody I mean maybe that stuff it's been a long time since I've seen the finished product maybe that there is some crazy mm-hmm. message tacked on to the end of it but like no none of us had to write it none of us had to say it right. um yeah so I think that was great we just got to write a kind of a funny comedy sketch about a game that we liked and people we liked were in it and it was great um and, and are you ever involved in the editing and giving notes on the edit or sometimes, anything like that yeah um, I definitely did a lot of that at Fuel TV, and we mm-hmm. did a lot of branded. So yeah, I definitely, as part of my job as associate segment producer, <laughs> I had to uh, uh, talk to a lot of editors. So, right. well, and that makes sense if there's ever any improv or things like yeah. that. Like mm-hmm. you know what the coverage is and what to add back in. Totally, or, you know. Um, and a bad one that I did, I will not say what the product was, but uh, it was the premise of this of these hot viral vids um, <laughs> was that a a pigeon is in New York City making funny observations about the people that walk by. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds funny enough. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, except funny... the premise is negative, which is sure. I feel like a lot of brands pitch that, and then they realize halfway through that yeah. like they need to make it positive somehow. Of course, yeah, yeah. Nobody can be negative in any of these things. So, um, so yeah. So I would write these sketches about a, a you know. A, Pigeon sees a guy taking a selfie, and he's like, why are they always looking into those little rectangles? Yuck, yuck, yuck. (laughs) And there were just so many rounds of, like, conference calls. Mm -hmm. I remember the most – and, you know, nobody could agree on what this pigeon should be saying. (laughs) And I remember in one of them – I had to mute my phone and scream because everyone was arguing for 20 minutes about whether or not the pigeon knew he was a pigeon. <laughs> so can he make beak jokes, for instance? Sure. Like, yeah, can yeah. he say the word beak or does he have to say mouth? <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's just one of those things about like, can we just make this pigeon say something? You know, yeah, like, yeah. do we have to pick this apart? Does everything have to be like toiled over? Like, anyway, yeah. so that's yeah. So yeah, there's been a lot of... Does the does the pigeon know he's a pigeon type conversations that uh, kind of make these things that can make these things unpleasant? Yeah, there's something about like 
getting corporate, the corporate world involved in these things where there are always a few people whose job it is, is to like justify why they have a job there. Yes. And mm-hmm. they're the ones that will give that like, they've got nothing funny to add. So they'll try to pick apart something. Yeah. 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 Now, would it be a beak or a mouth? Yeah. You know, in those situations, I'll use the improv game. I'll be like, listen, you know, like we're going to keep things loose. We're definitely going to get it the way we're going to get it on book the way you want it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll shoot some alts just in case. So we'll have choices. We'll have one sure. where he says beak and some one where he doesn't. And that's like, obviously I just turned on my conference call moves right there. <laughs> I always say we can shoot alts, but I hate alts with a passion. It's like well, this. He, yeah. Branded stuff is like alt fever. And then it's like, the alts don't all quite work with each other, and you're wasting so much time. Again, why I like the 30-second commercial yes, is because you have you can get the line exactly right. Mm-hmm. Like, you have six hours to shoot this one line of dialogue, and then another three hours to shoot this giant visual gag, and then you're done. And now we're like, oh, we're out of time. Let's just get let's get the alt, and let's get that, yeah. that alt and that alt. Okay, the performance is kind of weird, but who cares? They're alts. Sure. And then they want to use the alt, and then you're like, eh, yeah, it's not that good. That weird obsession with improv... Is diametrically opposed to is it a does he say beak or does he say mouth? Like why are we sitting here slaving over beak and mouth if on the day you're just going to let this guy yammer? You know, so (laughs) right, right. Like if you want improv so bad, like don't sit here and make me listen to you toil over whether it says beak or mouth. Like just be okay with beak, right? And then let the guy improv. (laughs) Improv is my other. I I have so many pet peeves (laughs) when it comes to advertising because it's like. It's something you say on every conference call with every client, like, oh, we're going to get great improvisers and they're just going to make it yeah. funny. They're going to sell it because the writing is At like. At some point, somebody heard bad. Seth Rogen say he improvs sure. all his movies. I, I and blame, every blame Judd Apatow. Yeah, person yeah. went, comedy equals improv. Improv. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Well, and as, like, a, as person, a writer, I've always bugged you. Like, what if we just wrote good jokes first? For instance, yeah. 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 Well, I, I do lean on improv pretty hard. Um, but it's kind of out of, and, and it's really, it gets pretty rough when you're looking at like a specific timeline. Like if it's a broadcast spot, mm-hmm. it's really hard to make improv work for that. And if there's no premise and blah, you hear improv and you think, oh, it's just people making things up and that's not what we mean. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I will say that early on when I first started directing full time, I went to coffee with Payman Benz actually, who did midnight show stuff. And he told me to just make sure I had a funny version. Sure. And uh, that served me really, really well. I think because you end up with these conversations about whether or not it's a beak or a mouth, and then you don't get the funny thing. So I say, like, make sure, like, with those alts that they're, they're worth it, basically, and that you know you can turn in a funny cut because the worst thing that'll happen when you get noted to death is that someone comes back and says, well, we hired you because you're funny, and nothing funny happens in this spot. Sure. So at least start with a funny spot, even if you know they're going to cut out the joke that you know you can't use. At least you're starting from something mm-hmm. decent. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's like a little yeah. anti of me, but yeah, I don't know. Sometimes some it's like the there. legal issues and all that stuff. It's so annoying, and I feel like a lot of times they're like, "This is great. Let's just like remove all the adjectives." And it's like, well, that's like what makes it funny, is right? <laughs> his prepubescent beard is a lot funnier than his beard. Agreed. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I just say, just read what's on the script. And if you have something to add, then add sure. it. But It's very David Mamet of you. But the <laughs> most fucking anno- read the script. <laughs> well, the most annoying thing is when the actor feels good, I feel good. Yeah. And then the client says, have them just riff on it. And I'm like, 
But don't mention other why? brands and don't yeah. swear yeah, sure. and make sure they say it's fresh time, baby. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, okay. So unf- yeah. unfettered creativity with a lot of restrictions. <laughs> right, right. And they also just feel like you can just yell at an actor, like, okay, now improvise without giving them right. anything to go off uh, of. Again, go, if, if there's no yeah. premise, if there's no game, basically, mm-hmm, sure, right? Yeah. Though I do feel like a lot of what we did with you with Converse is like just gave you something and that was just like an idea and said, go make it funny. Yeah. Like, does that ever stress you out? Um, no, I like, I mean, I liked the way those Converse things worked. I really liked that to me was a great branded experience was like, we have a concept, we have some loose scripts, Mm -hmm. um, you know, see where you can tighten them up, see where you can add alternate jokes. I feel like these things get frustrated when you're, they just want you to create something, not knowing anything about the brand or how the company works or what the (laughs) mandate is. Yeah. I loved that. That Converse thing was a really great, like way to work on these um yeah i would prefer it if like if all of the like groundwork was done first and then Mm -hmm. i get it and can just be a comedy writer with it and not have to like think about the campaign or the or the larger brand you know that that to me is like where i feel like i'm not qualified to do this sure yeah i love getting something in that state and you never get something where you're like "Mm, just can't think of anything funny (laughs) dad i mean you know like Never. Uh, no, never. That never happens to me. Uh, no, sometimes. Sometimes there are some things where like, oh, this is, you know, uh, this you just is tough. So yeah, it, yeah, you just kind of do the best you can and, you know, take a swing at it. Yeah. So. Well, I would say, though, uh, in, just in the way that you talk about understanding a brand, like mm-hmm. that you know when something's on brief or not, does make you much more qualified than plenty of writers we've worked with. It can be kind of a bummer when someone is just like, well, can't you just say fuck? A kid would say fuck. It's in an this internet sort of video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that right, because these things run on the internet, I think someone who hasn't done it before thinks you can just do whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, no, no, treat these like a commercial. They are. Right. So. And did you have an experience where you realized like, oh, I'm learning lingo and jargon and these ad execs aren't so foreign and crazy to me. They're still annoying maybe, yeah. you know, in a, in a bad case scenario, but like... You know, you do get it, sure. right? So, was there a, a an aha moment where you're like, "Oh, no!" It was it was a it was a gradual learning process in yeah. doing these. You know, it it was a like, okay, this is some as a modern comedy professional, you will have to do a, a couple of these. So, make it fun. Figure out how to work with people. But yeah, I think definitely during my first couple, I was that guy going. What's well, on the internet, so you can say fuck, right? I right. think I was that guy for the first sure. five or six of these that I did, yeah. Um, and yeah, then kind of learned that I would make it easier on myself if I if I thought more. I am making a commercial unless mm-hmm. I'm making an internet video. So yeah, and I had that experience so many times of sitting down with the person and them going like, "All right, this is just gonna be fun, cool content that's sure. gonna go viral," right. and then learning later that. That's not what this is. This is right. something else. That was so. the yeah. That was like the assistant that was just supposed to tell you that right. your meeting will be ready in five minutes. Of course. Yeah. And you do have. I'm sure you have that moment also where you're like in a room and like you're working with some people that you really admire, like mm-hmm. that you know are really funny sure. and like are really experienced and like are moonlighting. Like they've got a job on a TV show that you love and just you know want to go on vacation, so they'll right. you know take the gig here or there. Um, and you're like, well, why aren't they pitching? Why aren't they killing right now? You've seen them kill a sure. thousand times. And it's that thing of like, oh, they've got the experience to know when to pitch something and when not to. Yeah. And, and it's the, the the greenest kid in the room that's like. It's something that I think about a lot and something that I 
yeah, come back to a lot is uh, the a, a cliche that I enjoy is you got to dance with who brung you. You have to like <laughs> think about what you're there to do at the kinds of jobs that I'm doing. I'm not an auteur. I'm not Terrence Malick making sure. my vision. I'm kind of a grunt. I have been hired to do something very particular. If this is not your thing, don't try and make it your mm-hmm. thing. Try and make it the best someone else's thing that it can be. And obviously, you know, inject as much of yourself and your own creativity in it as possible. But I think these things become nightmares when people try and hijack the little Caesars Snapchat video to be some sort of political stance and then everyone's miserable. So yeah, just, uh, you know, figure out who brung you to the dance and dance with them. It's funny, not to talk too much about another podcast, but uh, do you guys ever listen to Sam Jones? Um, the uh, uh, off camera with Sam Jones. I don't. Anyway, he had Mike White on. Mm-hmm. Speaking of auteurs, right? Sure. And he has a credit on the Emoji movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right, and uh, and he kind of talks a lot about how he wants to have enough money to like not have to work if he doesn't want to. Yeah, and so yeah. yeah, like the guy who made Isn't there Chuck a Charlie Park? Kaufman draft of Shrek or something like that. I, I would believe it. Anyway. Right. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Right. And it's like, okay, the older you get, the more you're like, well, you know. This is entertainment maybe that's not for me, but sure. I can do it artfully. And then I get to make a movie that, you know, I think he said um, Beatrice at dinner, like he made a WGA scale over the course payout over three years. Right. right. Like that's not even going to be mortgage payments for of course. Guy, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Um, but so that's kind of in this economy how you get to be an auteur. Right? Yeah, that is why it helps to have a UCB show because then sure. it's 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 midnight. You're full of warm PBR, and you can just be as crazy and sure. you know crass and creative as you want to be. Um, yeah. But yeah, saying when you fuck is work, holding back, right? When you get, when you got to go to work, you got to go to work. So, right. well, so do you have any? So you have your podcast, obviously. Yes. Do you have any other personal projects that you're working on? Just yeah, yourself? Yeah, I mean, i i wrote a I wrote a pilot that I really love, um, and I did a a couple months back. I did like a staged reading of it, oh, and cool. kind of made a little podcast out of that. So that Sorry. is up and out. Where? It's out there. Where can we hear uh, it? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it is. It's called Bubble, and it's up on SoundCloud. I'm sure if you just. Uh, Search for Jordan Morris Bubble on SoundCloud. It'll come up there. And we're going to have it in the show show notes for real this Dude, time, guys. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I write a pilot from time to time and uh, have not <laughs> had any luck with them thus far. But Do you uh, have yeah. like an agent or a manager? I have that a manager, them? yeah. So And um, they'll set up pitches for you to go try and sell the pilot? Yeah, I think what the, my experience with pilot selling so far has been they have liked it and said something along the lines of hey this is really great do you have a famous person attached <laughs> right and i said no maybe you could call some production company person uh or tv network uh no so you know i, I think i think uh i think i think people like it but i think i and it are a hard sell because i sure my main credit is a fake game show that's no longer on comedy central sure, sure. and a podcast that not that many people listen to so uh, yeah, I think even if people really, really love it, I think it's a hard sell. Well, so. let me ask you just bluntly, aren't, don't you know famous people uh, that you could attach? I guess I know, like, I guess I know John Hodgman pretty well. <laughs> sure. And, and Chris Hardwick. I, I do know assume. Chris Hardwick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, maybe I, maybe a, a note I can give myself is <laughs> hustle more t- to create those types of relationships and sure. like do these projects with people like that. So I think there's also um, the other way to go about it. If you're like a young show creator is to partner with 
an EP who has a track record and sure. can yeah, walk totally. into a office and be like, well, here's Jordan and I believe in him and I'm EPing this show. So listen to bubble. Um, and then that showrunner tends to yeah. know famous people as well. Sure. And then managers sometimes, right? Like if you have Dave Becky or someone coming yeah, and being yeah, your manager, like sure. pitching with you, you have a pretty good chance of selling something even if there's no one attached yet. Right. Well, he, I mean, he's a producer as well, right? Like that's kind of oh, when right, a manager right. gets yeah, to be a totally. producer also is they're like, yeah, I'm, I know famous people. Well, we have to wrap up soon, but I want to ask one more kind Please, of long yes. question. At midnight, what, what were you writing there and what was... Can you just tell us about like that daily process? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at midnight, you uh, you get there around on a tape day. We had like for the most part, we had three tape days a week, four shows a week. So we tape one show Monday, one show Tuesday, and then two shows on Wednesday. So the writing staff, about seven people and a head writer, um, we would get there around like eight o'clock. And there's a research staff mm-hmm. that gets there maybe an hour before we did, and. So the research staff will come to us with this packet of internet shit. Like, here is all the internet shit. Here is, you know, here's what Kanye tweeted. Here's what Trump tweeted. Here is a guy getting hit in the nuts with a cactus. Here's a big meme. Yes, exactly. Here is a meme. Here is something that Kim Kardashian is doing to her lips. Like, here is what's on the internet today. And the format of the show, is it interviews? Is it kind of Tosh.0 meets The Tonight Show? Uh, It's kind of like maybe Tosh.0 meets Jeopardy a little bit. So the kind of thing is like they will show some internet shit. Uh, And then... Uh, there will be three. There are three. There were. I can't say R anymore, guys. Sure. The show's canceled. Uh, there were. Sorry. There were. That's okay. There are three. Uh, three comics are the guests. They're the contestants. Uh, you know, sometimes actors, sometimes podcast people, mostly right. stand-up comics, but not exclusively. Uh, and they will buzz in and make a joke about the internet thing that we just saw. And they get points based on the joke that they just made. So, yeah. So, it's kind of a, yeah, it's 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 Tosh, but with a kind of game show you know, scrim it's kind of over like it. a like a British game show. Yeah, there are it, a right? lot of British like panel shows like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we would get in and we would kind of like so kind of like Chelsea lately, I guess meets Tosh. Point yeah, that's maybe a little bit of or a better. meets um, ridiculousness. Yes, ridiculousness. Yeah. Um, and so, just to peek a little behind the curtain, sure. how much writing do you do for the contestants? Uh, so you do a lot. Um, different contestants wanted to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, some people want to like just be locked in a room and write their own jokes. Most people want to kind of write with you. A significant number of people are just like, write jokes down on a card and then I will say them. (laughs) So yeah, that was kind of part of prepping people. So you, that was also kind of part of your daily job is they would pair a writer up with a contestant. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to figure out what they need. Like, do you want a partner? Do you want someone to do this for you? Do you want to be left alone? The idea on At Midnight was that a comic could get there and didn't have to write anything themselves and they would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, most people wrote a little bit themselves and used a little bit of the writer's material. Most but people they, was, did you did they know what the research material was before they got there? Uh, so yeah, so they get a little like packet of like you know Hardwick will show this video of a guy getting hit in the nuts with right. a cactus and then he'll ask, uh, "What's this guy gonna do sure. for an encore?" <laughs> right. And then here are some things you could say. Right, and you probably have to do a little bit of translation as well, right? Like. Most celebrities don't tend to spend a ton of time knowing what memes are yeah, trending. Yeah, and that was a, that was a kind of a challenge with the show is that, like, who are we making this for? Are we making this for people who are on the internet a lot? Like, are we making jokes about Reddit and 4chan? Mm-hmm. Uh, or 
are we making this for a very casual viewer who goes on Facebook a couple times a day? And it was always always a little bit of a balancing act on that show. So, so you would write, and then would you be there when they're recording? Would you ever pitch new ideas and stuff? Well, sometimes, sometimes they would like, you know, because like Hardwick, his copy also had you know jokes in it too. So sometimes they're like, can we get some alts for this? You know, this person's joke didn't work. Uh, this joke mentions McDonald's giving you diarrhea. We can't say that, you know, stuff like that. So there was a little bit of writing on the fly, but most of it took place ahead of time. And is there any sort of like magic formula you would use? You see a tweet from Kim Kardashian, like how to make a joke about it? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like some targets that were like, we were getting a little exhausted of Kanye, Kardashians, Trump, you know, it's like, huh, what yeah. what more do you say about this person? Well, and people who are whose business it is to stay in the news cycle. Yeah. Right. So it's like you you want to take a new swing at something. Of course. Yeah. So I think that's something that something that we thought about a lot, which was not did not work all of the time. This was not a, you know, universal truth, but I think a pretty good jumping off point is in that morning meeting, there's seven funny people around a desk. They show something and we talk to each other about it. Like, can we riff about it? Do, are we making each other laugh? Right. And if right. we are, it's probably a pretty good thing to include in the show. I mean, obviously, the comedy writer's sensibility differs a little bit from sure. your general audience member. But I think a good rule of thumb is, like, can we as comedy people goof around it, about mm-hmm. this? If we can, it, there's probably a pretty good chance it'll work on the show. So Sounds pretty fun. Well, uh, I I know Oren said one last question, but we did get a couple from Twitter real Please. quick. Yes. Oh, yes. I don't want to let down Robin Groves, uh, who tweeted, how do you think social media has changed comedy writing and getting jobs? Mm. And then also, uh, is it a who you know business and how important is networking now? Uh, so network- maybe. Yeah. Networking. Yeah. Very important. Uh, do it. do network sure it's very important and how do you mean network uh i mean i think networking can be a lot of stuff i think like you mentioned taking a class is a great way to start and Mm -hmm. then yeah just you know like so bring business cards to bring business cards of course (laughs) give everyone your real no just like meeting people who work in the business and showing them that you are a competent nice creative person uh so yeah just go to places where people are where, where working people are and meet them and engage with them podcasts are a great thing i mean this are a great way to i mean that, i feel like that's how i met a lot of comedy people when i first moved to la sure. i said i have a podcast will you come on it and and they were like what's a podcast yes yeah i'm like was, i know they don't exist and yet. then they were like now cereal's i'll start gonna, one now cereal's I'll start gonna one. come exactly we were the velvet underground <laughs> yeah. have you Everybody? ever like seen like a famous comedian and just walked up to them and without knowing them at all and said like hey will you be on my podcast no i've usually i've done sometimes when i'll like i'll i'll have to have had a successful interaction with them first Mm -hmm. and then maybe i'll drop that ask um yeah and as far as the internet goes uh yes i mean there's a lot of different ways to break in there's not a uniform one but being funny on the internet doesn't hurt uh i've definitely worked with a lot of people who are great online and i've worked with a lot of great writers who fucking suck online Mm -hmm. like being good on twitter or snapchat or whatever doesn't mean you'll automatically be good in a room, uh, but it could. So, uh, yeah. But also, don't don't bust your ass coming up with you know funny Instagram stories if you don't feel like it's your forte. Right. So, Matt's pretty good at tweeting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good I, tweets. I'm okay. Good I tweets. think yesterday you tweeted something kind of funny, and I was like, ah, should I be tweeting? And then I, I decided no. But just kind of funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm f- funny for a director. Right. Okay. But yeah, that's kind of the sweet spot. I'm okay with not being the funniest person in the room. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. 
Um, but I think, yeah, I think we answered the most serious question, but we, <laughs> we like, yeah, we like them all anyway, guys. Yeah. So thanks so much. I'll go on Twitter, look at the mentions, and I'll enjoy all of the inside jokes. Thank you. That's so perfect. Matt had an idea the other day that maybe we should just have a question or something that we ask every guest, and I thought of something. Oh, good. Um, so we're going we're gonna to test it out on you. Great. If it's this not good, our, we'll edit it. it out. Sure. This is our third last question. Should we call this the olive, right? When you have a martini and then you have an olive. Oh, you know that's like I mean? after the martini oh, shot. after yeah. the martini shot yeah, yeah. comes the olive. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, martini shot is the last shot of the day for those that don't know. Um, what are five websites you visit on a weekly basis? Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Um, well, I guess I'll leave out Twitter and Facebook because I think those are the sure. givens. I'll try yeah, to be yeah. a little more interesting. Um, uh, oh, uh, so I like, I like video games. So I do uh, most of my video game related web fucking around at polygon.com. Um, yeah, great smart writing about video games there. Good reviews, uh, some funny comedy videos, and they do a great podcast uh, called The Besties, mm. where they review, uh, they they argue about what the best game of the month is. So if you are a uh, video game person, and also but also feel like most video game writing is stupid, <laughs> and for mean 13-year-olds, <laughs> head over to polygon.com, uh, a place that respects your intelligence. Uh, so I go there. Um, let's see. What else do I look at? I have a Slack chain with some friends that I really sure. like. Heading over to Slack.com and fucking around with some guys that I know. And that's like a chat room for your friends? It is, yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a friend chat room. Exactly. Um, let's see. What else, what else do I look at online? Um, pornography, of course. <laughs> sure. That's three. Love there that. There we go. Por- sure, sure. Um, and you can Facebook and Twitter are totally valid yeah. valid answers as well. Um, so yeah, I like to read. Oh, I oh the Onions AV Club. Um, yeah, the sure. AV Club to me is the best place to like look at the pop culture shit for today. Uh, again, it's a little smarter than your average like. Is Thor like, gonna die in Thor Ragnarok right. type <laughs> of movie writing? It's a little bit smarter, and yeah, you get a little bit of uh, yeah. So you get a little bit of movies, music. It's like a like dash that. of fanboy, though. A dash. You know <laughs> that Thor Ragnarok is coming out, of course. But, but like, here's a yeah. here's a yeah right here's yeah. a fun take from a guy who will probably see it, but maybe not opening weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's see. Oh, the there's an amazing subreddit called Obscure Media r slash uh, Obscure Media. It is a place uh, that just it's it's such a vague premise, but you'll see like here is a Chuck E. Cheese training video from 1980, and here is the Super Nintendo commercial Paul Rudd starred in, uh, and here is a you know the first public television appearance of the Mighty Mighty Bostones. So just a lot of like it's obscure media, and it's always kind of a fun little weird like when you're kind of tired of the like topical side of the internet. Right. Uh, it's just this kind of like little rabbit hole that can get a little bit insane so uh cool. yeah those are my faves well that's awesome thanks so i know that is it's it's an endorsement e type of question <laughs> yeah. but yes we're gonna go into our unpaid endorsement section sure. regardless right now unpaid endorsements again one that everybody probably knows about <laughs> but i just got turned on to s-town have i talked to you about that you did talk to me about that but did it's it on great. the podcast no no, oh. no, no, this is new for the podcast. Yeah, so it's the people that do Serial. They have a new podcast, S-Town. stands for Shit Town. You don't really need to know anything about it going in. It's just like a This American Life type of story, but it's told over the course of like 10 episodes or something like that. 
I, I concur. I really loved it. Totally great. Yeah. And their use of music like has inspired me to want to use more music on our podcast. Make our show better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or more, a little more produced just because there's something. And look at the seedy underbelly of small town America. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. There's that All too. underbellies though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any uh, seedy the underbelly. The seedier the better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's it. You got anything, Matt? Yes. Uh, have I? I haven't endorsed Paper Girls yet, have I? No. Uh, Paper Girls is a comic book uh, um, that is awesome. It's kind of like a little bit Stranger Things. It's kind of like a confluence that it came out right around the same same time, but is about uh, a bunch of female paper delivery girls from the 80s, basically, who uh, get transported into the future and the past and all over the place. They meet some crazy people from an alternate time stream and go on adventures, and it's great. Um, so it's like adolescent adventures, but also a mixture of sci-fi. The artwork is incredible. Paper Girls, that's my recommendation. Uh, yeah, I think uh, of interest to your audience will be the podcast, The Dead Pilots Society. Uh, that is on MaximumFun.org, where I do Jordan, Jesse, Go. Uh, yeah, host is hosted by uh, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, who are oh, yeah. successful writers of TV and comics and novels. And and, uh, and hosts of uh, the Nerdist Writers Panel. There you go. Yeah, or just Ben Blacker does Nerdist. Oh, I guess that's Panel. true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So every I think they do it once a month, or maybe it's bi monthly now, where they uh, they will interview a person who had a pilot that was purchased and uh, that eventually died. So you get to interview them about their pilot process, and then they do a stage reading of a pilot, uh, which is usually kind of chock full of cool celebrity cameos. They get great people to do it. So, yeah, I think if you're thinking about the business and creativity and are thinking about writing a pilot yourself, uh, the Dead Pilot Society is a great way to start thinking about that. Killer. That's That's a perfect endorsement. Nailed it. Hey, thanks. Well, Jordan, uh, how can our listeners learn more about you? Well, uh, I'm on Twitter at Jordan underscore Morris. And my podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, is uh, on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, you can find out more about our show at Just Shoot It Pod on Twitter, uh, JustShootItPod.com. We're on Instagram now. We're going to take a picture of us podcasting. Cool. Uh, We're on Instagram, uh, JustShootItPod. And uh, also, we have a new subreddit. We just started a subreddit, uh, Just Shoot Pod. It's all the same. Cool. Um, you can follow me at Mr. Matt Enlow. And me at Smitey Pileg. And uh, please leave us a rating on iTunes, a review, or drop us a note about anything you're thinking of. Just shoot it pod at gmail.com. Music was provided by the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar. And this episode was edited by Jay McAuliffe. Jay McAuliffe. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. 